Hello everyone and welcome to the Soaring Eagles of Freedom, also known as the Profane Argument Podcast for Tuesday, July 3rd, 2018. I think I got the date right this time. Yeah. Uh, my name is Ray and along with me are... Hi, I'm Karen. I'm Jared. This is Ian. If you'd like to join in on our conversation, you can go to facebook.com slash profanearg and post your thoughts or a link to an article or a tweet at profanearg. This week on the show, we will be talking about the difference between not being candid and lying. And also, I, I want to uh, mention Michelle Wolf's recent show. But first, a couple corrections from last week. Not really maybe corrections, but more thorough information. We got an email from one of our listeners, Blair. Uh, he said that there is no, no law school in the Trinity Western University. It was only proposed. So the Trinity Western University is a university, but uh, they were going to be adding a law school. But Ontario and British Columbia decided that they were not going to recognize. So pretty much at this point, because British Columbia is their home province, it's likely that they just won't have a law school at this point. So nobody's okay. getting screwed over then. Exactly. Then I'm all for it. <laughs> People are so, still getting substandard education, but that's a different issue. That wasn't my issue. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Fuck those morons. <laughs> <laughs> Wanted to be clear on that, and uh, thank you for sending out that information. I'll include it on the, uh, the link that he sent. is a link to, actually, the Trinity Western University and their timeline on uh, trying to add a law school. So. Hmm. Also from uh, Dustin, he submitted something on the Facebook page. San Diego didn't bleach all their streets, only major areas of uh, where the homeless population is. So again, just to be really clear, uh, I still think that's a, a an amazing thing to to have seen. But he said that they were also offering free rides for uh, to take people out to other towns. He says that that part was rumor, but it's really funny. Oh, you know, I didn't even think to ask Dustin. I forgot that he lived in San Diego. We could have gone straight to the source there. Mm. Oh, really? I didn't I didn't know that? Okay, yeah. there you go. I also didn't know that. I thought he lived in one of the Carolinas. I'm pretty sure he lives in San Diego. Mm. So I find it amusing that they, they might have been offering uh, homeless people free rides. Hey, you want to be homeless somewhere else? <laughs> <laughs> Why were they doing the bleach? They were trying to cut down on... Uh, hepe. Hepatitis okay. A. Right, right, right. Okay. So, also on our Facebook page, uh, Karen wanted to specifically talk about this. There was a, uh, there's a link to, I don't know what that website is, but in any case, it's a rating of news articles, uh, news sources, and how biased they are, whether it be left or right, uh, nonpartisan, whatever. It is a very complicated, busy chart, but it has a lot of information, and you wanted to bring it up? I did. Well, they also have a, a, a vertical to the chart as well, which was the accuracy of reporting. So, that, for example, the Inquirer um, is neither liberal nor conservative, but there's not a lot of fact-based stuff in there. <laughs> <laughs> so, like Infowars and The Blaze and The Inquirer and Patriot by, by, by you know, I can't even say that, and a couple of liberal magazines are stacked down at the bottom. Palmer so Report, I, that one was clear, I think. That's a, that's a good one, yeah. So I looked at this and I noticed that the Huffington Post was kind of in the middle of factual accuracy and hard leading left. And I thought, well, okay, fine. I'll take them off of my list of uh, you know the news articles that is fed to me by uh, Apple, just because I don't want to have that amount of bias in 
what I read. Either way. Reasonable. Yeah. So that's why I took the Huffington Post off of my list of uh, publications that I read all the time. Well, it's pretty obvious from their titles that they have a definite left-leaning slant. Sure. Um, but it would more bother – I mean, yeah, I mean, some of it I know is very left-leaning, Mother Jones, MSNBC, but they are higher up in the fact-based reporting. Not a whole lot higher than Huffington Post, but higher, so. Right. So we're supposed to only stick to the green block? That's the best block to be in? Yes. Oof. Well, so it's, you know, it, it definitely is the best, yeah. Yeah. NPR, um, BBC America, and Reuters, AP. I mean, these are all quality news organizations. So meh, it, it was it was interesting read. Sure. I probably will not be removing Huffington Post and uh, will not be uh, trying to keep from referencing their stuff. However, when I do see Huffington Post, I know for a fact that it is going to be left-leaning uh mm. and some of the some of the things i completely discard because it's just opinion it's just uh complete full of of hype or whatever but i also get a, a daily news from the daily wire which is yeah. very much on the other side of the spectrum isn't the daily wire uh ben shapiro's thing yes i believe it is Ooh. Yeah. yeah i man <laughs> So that's the bottom right quadrant. I, I don't like that guy. <laughs> I mean, it's not it's not like Infowars, but it's uh, it's way on the conservative spectrum. I like how Infowars is the only one on this <laughs> list that is pressed up against the side of the box. <laughs> <laughs> well, way down in the corner. Yeah. Did you ever listen to that guy? Oh man. Oh, I, I'm getting all ready for my civil war tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so in any case, I, I I agree that this chart is very good. Uh, I think that it's good to know where your news is coming from and whether or not it's biased. But I also I like seeing all the stories. And sometimes if you just you know you listen to the AP and Reuters, you you don't get some of the the side stuff. Mm, true. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not going to wander down uh, MSNBC and and having to post periodically because I do enjoy reading some of their articles. But I don't want it to be part of my just. Here's today's news list. Sure. So. Sure. Makes sense. I'd say most of my news comes from the AP. Yeah. For the most part. I do a little NBC news in the morning. HuffPost only because it shows up on Facebook a lot. Mm. I see a ton of shit from Occupy Democrats, though, a lot in people's feeds. That's bottom oh. left-hand corner above the Palmer Report. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's mainly memes. <laughs> so. Yeah. Sure. Uh, so a follow-up on the story that we mentioned before, there was a guy who was in the happiest hour. I believe that's in Philadelphia, or at least he's a Philadelphian. But when he was in this bar, he was wearing a Make America Great Again red cap, and he was asked to leave or kicked out of this bar. <laughs> Specifically because he was wearing the hat. Uh, he made an argument. I think we made fun of him because his argument was that his between uh, the president and what uh, what is going on in the country, he considered it a religious affair for him. It was a religious belief. And <sighs> so uh, uh, he made an argument and he sued the bar. Um, a judge in New York has since ruled that supporting Donald Trump is not a religion. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> uh, good point. So he alleged that it was a spiritual program, but uh, the judge decided there was nothing outrageous about throwing out a Trump supporter from the bar. So there you go. I, I <laughs> so, don't think that's going any further. I think he almost has a point, though, because some of this shit does borderline on a religion with these people. 
Sh- sure, but it's not, and they're not. No, no, I know, not, not on the books. But... I'm just saying, like, <laughs> yeah. damn, some of the like, t- if you're ready to throw Harley Davidson under the bus, <laughs> yeah, and side with Trump, then you, then it is a religion. It's not about American made and all this shit. Yeah, right, well, and, I, I, go ahead. I don't think it's a religion, but I think the same reason that religion works, MAGA works. Yes, and, exactly. It re- it requires a a portion of faith. Yes, of of belief in non. Evidence-based facts. <laughs> Not evidence-based conjecture. Yeah. So. What uh, I can't so, figure out, though, is why. Why what? Why do people well, put their faith people? in Donald Trump? What has he ever done to prove to them that he's going to fix all their fucking problems other than yeah. say it? It's a good but, question. He had nothing. I mean. Yeah, every politician says that. What What made him different? Was it the dog whistle racism? Partially. I, people say that he's charismatic, but I don't think it's charisma. I think it is a, I don't want to say alpha male attitude, a um, a projection of leadership kind of thing. A bragger? I've never liked Donald Trump, even before no. all this shit. Like, I always found him annoying. Yeah. And I don't know why people would follow him. It does. It, it baffles me, honestly. You know, I was thinking the other day how, uh, you know, we're always like, what's it going to take? What is it going to take for these people to, to see? And I've come to the conclusion that what it will take for people to turn from Donald Trump is for him to do things that we want him to do. Hmm. Like if he starts ah. doing shit, we're like, damn, that was pretty good. He, you know, free college. Holy shit. Yeah, that's the kind of shit that will get them to turn on him. Probably not. He'll pro- they'll probably say, see, he could compromise. See? <laughs> it's a big fucking compromise. <laughs> I mean, there are reports everywhere that North Korea is back doing their nuclear testing. If not, they've increased it. Right. And they're like, nope. Everything's fine. You want war? <laughs> if it wasn't for Trump, would be a, would have be at a nuclear war. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's impressive. It's an yeah. impressive amount of self delusion. Yeah, I don't remember great. who it was offhand, but uh, I just saw a quote recently that uh, it's really difficult to argue with someone who's really smart, but it's next to impossible to win an argument against someone who's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> So I mean, if you have belief, if you have faith in in your side, then yeah, how do you how do you argue against that? You 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 can't. Well, I think I don't know if it's in, in a later story, but one of the things that would turn a lot of people against him is if they found out that he recently encouraged and paid somebody to have an abortion. That would be a biggie. He'd probably lose a lot of people. He he would lose the remainder of his evangelical actual evangelical actual Christians, not the you know racist, sexist, people that call themselves evangelical Christians, but the actual ones. Jesus, that scared the hell out of me. Can you hear that? <laughs> no. no. What was right. it? Fireworks. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> or the Civil War's breaking out, one or the other. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe both. Speaking of abortion, I wanted to bring this up. Supreme Court has mm-hmm. backed the anti-abortion, uh, the, the crisis pregnancy centers in California. So the story was that the crisis pregnancy centers in California were being told that they had to put up some sort of notification that, one, they did not uh, provide abortions in their clinic, and two, to say that uh, you can get an abortion elsewhere and give information um, how to do so. The Supreme Court has said that, yeah, the pregnancy centers do not need to do that that would go against their rights uh that they do not have to advertise for something that they do not or that goes against their beliefs so thanks supreme court i have to think on that one for a minute before i make it a bit. <laughs> yeah hmm. yeah see i i think that the the crisis pregnancy centers are out to trick people to begin with 
So the law was to make it so that they couldn't trick them as much? But the Supreme Court said, nope, trick them all you want. Yeah, apparently. Well, get used to that shit. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, we'll Also, have... get in as many abortions as you can right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it works that way. <laughs> I'm getting one tomorrow, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't, I, I shouldn't say a very small case, but to me, it seems a, a smaller case. The uh, Supreme Court decided to not take a case involving Christian prayers in North Carolina county meetings. So the Court of Appeal, it went all the way up through the Court of Appeals, and the Court of Appeals said, no, you cannot have a solely Christian prayer at the beginning of every one of your county meetings. And their argument was, well, it's just a Christian prayer because all of us are Christians. If one of <laughs> us was not a Christian, then every now and then it wouldn't be a Christian prayer. Well, and there the had to be a complainant. Right. But there was a, there were, there were people complaining. Right. Sure. <laughs> so the, the Supreme Court came back and said, no, we're not going to take that. So th that leaves the ruling from the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals in place saying that, uh, yeah, they can't do the the prayer. Hmm. I, I like their argument. That's, that's, a, that's a unique argument. If Satanists or atheists wanted to deliver the invocation, all they had to do was get elected to the board first. Right. <laughs> it would be different if the pastors were invited to give the prayers, but they weren't. So everything was just hunky-dory. <laughs> That's quite an argument. Yeah, yeah. So a minor win. I, I don't mm. think it's that big of a win. The article is from Hemant um, Mata, the, the friendly atheist. I'm never going to pronounce names correctly. Hemant Mehta. But mm. in any case, I, he says that, uh, you know, it's a, it's a big... It's a big win, and it, it is a win, but considering everything else that's going on, it just doesn't seem that big to me. Maybe it's the, the Supreme Court stuff yeah. <laughs> driving me the other <laughs> <Yeah>. way. <laughs> That's most likely it. I think it's interesting the Supreme Court is, they're not deciding on the legality of, of prayer. They're deciding on whether the argument is valid. Right. Yeah. Well, and I'm, I'm okay with that. That's what the Supreme Court should be deciding on. Agreed. Yeah. But it seems like when they want to make a, uh, a point, they'll bring in a case and make an argument, no problem. But mm -hmm. if, they, uh, if they don't feel like they have an argument, then they just push it away. Like if they can't make a, it seems to me like if it's if it's a right leaning topic, oh yeah, bring it in, we'll make a, a decision on it. But if it's a if it's something that they're not going to push to the right, they're just like, no, we're not going to do anything. I don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, moving onward through some state news, Oregon principal. There was a principal Bill Lucero in uh, Oregon and his resource officer Jason Griggs. They were accused of telling a student that they were going to hell because they were gay. And uh, also, they've been accused of uh, handing out harsher punishments to LGBTQ students. And uh, the board had removed them from their posts and replaced them. And they had put out a statement that they take this seriously and that they, they wanted to send a clear message to everyone at the district. If you break the law by discriminating against students or engaging in religious proselytization at school, there are serious consequences. Well, as it turns out, the consequences are he's being reinstated at the middle school as vice principal. <laughs> Why is it so hard to just fire these fucking people? I don't know. I don't understand. Let's let's was, put him in he charge. He was doing a good thing. He was doing God's work. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so they the didn't really want to fire him. They were just no, like... No, the best punishment for that is to put him in an environment where the students aren't brave enough to stand up for themselves and he can bully them better. Yeah. Because yeah. younger ones are easier to manipulate. More vulnerable. Yeah. yeah. 
Wow. <laughs> I don't they get had to it. read Bible verses who were the right. ones that were disciplined. Yes, that is part of the story as well. That when they were being disciplined, they found out that they were gay. They were uh, part of their punishment were to read Bible verses. And the Bible verses, my understanding is they were specifically instructed to read, you know, anti gay <laughs> verses. The, the verses that the Christians like to use to say that God doesn't like gay people. And this is a public <laughs> school, right? Uh, that's my understanding, yes. Wow. And you didn't say Mississippi. Right, you Oregon. Oregon. That seems unlike the Pacific Northwest. And huh. yet, uh, they seem to be no, taking a, a cue from the Catholic Church and just reassigning them elsewhere. Yeah, absolutely. Damn, and where I was think the... you're just... Go, go, ahead. go ahead, Jared. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, it doesn't seem like the Pacific Northwest because you're thinking about Portland and Seattle. Mm. It seems exactly like the Pacific Northwest. The rest of the state. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I know sure. a guy from Oregon who is incensed by liberals and people moving to Oregon from California or wherever, blames liberals for everything. It's insane. Hmm. So Ian is probably know. right. If you're not, well, I mean, we, we have you know made the observation before that if you te- if you live in a city, any city, you tend to be a lot more liberal. Right. And I live a in a town that's a square mile, though. <laughs> so what does that say about me? Like, what the hell? Well, how close is the next town? I don't know. Yeah, a couple miles, and it's about a square mile. <laughs> yeah, again, but didn't you spend half your life outside of that town in places like State College and New York and New Jersey? Yeah, when I was like when I was eighteen, and I, you know, I went right. to college and shit. In your formative yeah. years, yeah. If you spent all of your life in that town, do you think you? But would I have was the same raised in this town for eighteen years. Yeah. Right, and then when you went out to explore the world. And find out what kind of person you wanted to be and what was all available out there. You were in completely opposite these environments. And then you continued to explore those environments before returning home once your personality had kind of solidified. If you had stayed and gone to, you know, your local community college and attended it from your house, you would be running the Milford Borough page right now. Come on. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. Ooh. Well, remember, he's still Jewish. <laughs> yeah, right. That's just true. <laughs> so maybe not that particular, but... Yeah, but Jared's Jew-ish. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. True. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I suffered a lot of, uh, I, I don't want to say bullying, but people made fun of me as a kid a lot. Maybe that formed a lot of it, too. Mm, right? Sure. But I, I find it very hard to believe I'd be running the Milford Borough page. <laughs> <laughs> So I had the same same type of thing though. I grew up around a ton of racism that I never th- I never even recognized. I never even mm. knew it was racism until I I left home and went into the military. And when I spent time around you know black people, Hispanic people, I realized holy crap, the people I grew up with were racist, like mm. way more racist than I ever knew. See, I don't think I encountered real hardcore racism until I was in my thirties. So I guess that plays a lot of it, too, where I started meeting people who were, like, they weren't coming out and saying it, but I could tell that they really just didn't like black people, couldn't shut up about the fact that I was a Jew. Hmm. Um, you know, it's just like, it's like that's their opening statement. Hey, look, there's the Jew. Wow. <laughs> you know, saying it in a joking manner. And, and I'm like, God, you're obsessed with that, though. Like, <laughs> it's like, that's my label. You Like, you see that on my forehead when you see me. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was obviously little bits, but like, you know, when kids say racist shit, they don't know what the, what they're saying for real. And I think a lot of it probably comes from parenting, because I don't recall ever hearing anything 
racist or homophobic in my household growing up. Ever. I, I did some. My my dad had a poor view of uh, minorities in the, city of in the city of Philadelphia where he worked, but he didn't live there. One still one car, and he got all bent out of shape about it. <laughs> so, and you know, he he never he was never overtly racist, but he he certainly had opinions. <laughs> so, so speaking of racism, uh, there was an article recently about somebody I forget it was in the Senate. I think said to a black senator, "You're out of your cotton picking mind." <laughs> <laughs> and see. it never it never occurred to me that. That's kind of a well. That's a little racist. Right. Actually, that's really racist. <laughs> this is the first time I've ever even thought about that phrase and as it being racist. Right. Which is which is why I brought it up. I'm like, oh yeah, that is. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> and there's a whole bunch of phrases that are like that, and, and I don't remember all of them. But another was, um, well, you sold him down the river. I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, that's racist. <laughs> oh, like you sold the slave down the river? Yeah. Get out of here. I can't say that now either. No. <laughs> what about throw I, under I, the bus? That's not racist, right? I think you're good there. Yeah, that, right. that's we, right. Nobody threw any black people under a bus, and that's where we got that from. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, I'm still saying Chinaman's chance, but that's not racist, right? <laughs> uh, that might be racist. Uh. <laughs> or at least might be racially insensitive. <laughs> no, that's racist. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know what it is, so. Oh, at, well, it's thought. Well, the it, Chinaman's chants come from uh, when uh, back in the Old West when they were in the mines and the Chinese people were digging up those mines with dynamite and shit like that. They would be like, it, it was 50-50 chance whether they'd come back. Sure. So they're like, man, you got a Chinaman's chance of, you know, nailing that woman. Ah, okay. <laughs> so it's not really racist. It's really just horrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A little racist. <laughs> but yeah, and, and basically the, the rest of the people in the room went... <gasps> And he went, oh, crap. Yeah, that is racist, isn't it? <laughs> Oops. Cotton picking mine. I never thought that through. <laughs> no. I just thought it was some jibber jabber, you know, <laughs> like that yeah. people said. Yeah. All right. So that's off the list. Got it. Now, I'm curious about these everyday, quote unquote, everyday phrases that people use. <laughs> curious how many more of them I would look at differently. All right, so uh, moving on to Ohio, I wanted to bring this new law up. Uh, the House of the State House of Representatives in Ohio has proved a, a really important law for their state. It is to protect pastors from needing to perform same-sex wedding ceremonies. What? Yeah, the pastors that never have been forced to perform a same-sex wedding ceremony. There's right. now a law right. saying that they don't have to. Okay. <laughs> Was there a law? Wait, did they have to prior to this? No, no. Oh. It's actually so. This is just one of those. We're gonna needle it in a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. I'm trying to find the uh, the quote, but they say basically said that. Uh, well, we just want to make sure that you know we limit the amount of future lawsuits. That's the reason that uh, that they wanted to put this in place. I will give a shout out to uh, Mike Duffy, who actually uh, voted against it. He's a Republican in Ohio, and he said he voted against it because our religious freedom is already fully protected. Uh, he said, let's not send a signal to our talented LGBT Ohioans that they are unwelcome. Mm. So... He did. He, Ohio is open for business. Like he's doing it specifically to say, <laughs> don't, "Don't take your us. business elsewhere." <laughs> right. You're right. Why the well, picture of the Buddy Christ though in the article? <laughs> I don't know. That's a little weird. I love the Buddy Christ. 
I don't know how it really applies here. <laughs> except saying, hey, pastor guy, you're good. <laughs> I don't know. I've always liked Buddy Christ, though. It, it just amuses me to know, and you've got, your mother has one very much like that on her refrigerator. I'm like, hey, it's Buddy Christ. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a little different. but A little. Yeah, I mean, it looks, the guy looks a whole lot like like the, you know, white Long hair, and he's got like he's on a fishing boat. And uh, man, if he would have just been given a thumbs up, it would be perfect. <laughs> yep. <laughs> anyway, uh, over in Kentucky, I just added this. I just heard about this. The governor of Kentucky, Matt Bevan, has suspended dental and vision benefits for Medicaid recipients. He put forward a plan to overhaul the Medicaid program so that you had a little bit of details on this. Karen, do you remember what the, they were? What his plan yeah, was? I, his plan was to have a work requirement, and you could get points by applying for jobs or taking classes, and that is how you would get um, vision and dental benefits. But he was challenged in the court, and his what he wanted to do was overturned, and he wasn't capable of doing it. So instead, he just said, okay, nobody gets dental and vision benefits at all then. That's on Medicaid. So he's just being a dick, basically. And taking vision and dental health care away from nearly half a million Medicaid recipients in his state. Right. And the Democrats denounced the move and said they did not think he had the legal authority to do that either. So it'll be back in court again. The party of civility, folks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do you how do you expect to get reelected when you just take take medical I mean, it's one thing yeah. to not want to give everybody medical care. I understand that that is what the, the grand old party wants is to not give out medical care, but to actually <laughs> take it away from people who already had it and were relying on it. Right. And Medicaid is for elderly people, right? Medicare is for- I always get them mixed up. I don't know. It's the way around. Why. Medicaid is for low income. Medicare okay. is for older. All right. So he, he didn't take away dental and eye benefits from the old people, which is right, probably just the poor wise. People. Yeah. Right. Just the bums. Right. But it's wise on his part, though, because old people vote. They don't have anything else better to do. And they tend to vote more conservative than young people do. But it's not like these yes. Medicaid people were voting for him anyway. True. I mean, he's taking away – yeah, taking away somebody's benefits is, is different than not giving them to them in the first place. We can but only so, hope that half of these 500,000 people are white people, that then they'll vote. <laughs> it, it, Kentucky, yeah, pretty good odds. Boy, we are the country of just not – caring about people at all no we're not actually we are the country that cares about people there our current leadership are the leaders that don't care about people i mean 70 percent of this country thinks that abortions should be legal 70 percent of the country thinks that gay marriage is just fine it's these christian conservatives have gerrymandered themselves into power and are driving us in a direction that most of the country doesn't want to go in blitzkrieg in full force yeah you guys still aren't running into people who are like, I'm not voting in November, <laughs> are you? I haven't for a long time. All right. No. All right. No, nobody abstaining because they're like, oh, it's the same no matter how you do it. Nobody's, <laughs> you're not running any of those people right now? No, no. It, they're all the same. No, you don't get that anymore. <laughs> they learned a harsh lesson. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. Hopefully it sticks and they continue to vote. Well, well so you can always hold up a sign. If, like, let's say things turn in November and say things turn in 2020 and things come around again. Just hold up those Trump signs. We can go back to this if this is what you want. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when that new internet package came in and you had to pre prepay for porn? Huh? 
Mm. It, yeah, it's it's when it's when it does impact you personally that people get their their hackles up mm. and start taking action. Yeah, no we can hope. vision. Yeah. Uh, so moving on to some national news, uh, there's an article on Mother Jones. Ha <laughs> ha, Mother Jones. Where are they on the list? <laughs> <laughs> there's an article about four Republican senators who are taking on the National Science Foundation. So apparently, these four senators got wind that some money was going from the National Science Foundation into programs aimed to encourage TV newscasters to discuss climate science on the air. So, since this money is, it's taxpayer money going into this program to then promote science, uh, climate science, they got all fired up about it and have launched, uh, they wrote a letter asking for the investigator general to investigate the NSF to make sure that money is being spent adequately. Just to give you an idea, it's $4 million that were being put toward the program to, uh, get newscasters to talk about this four million dollars out of their 7.8 billion dollar budget so point point zero five percent of their budget it's still a weird program i mean two programs that encourage tv newscasters to discuss climate science on air that's odd i I don't even though i am i am um, you know all about you know getting science out to the masses I, i don't know that it's still the right thing to do i mean why spend four million dollars to do that it just seems weird well how much does does the government spend on you know advertisements to get people just to promote the military to get people to join the military to uh to put some scientific facts out to promote nasa so that they can get people encouraged to go into the scientific community i think it's probably money well spent if you can encourage kids to get involved in scientific discovery and get them understanding of what science actually is absolutely four million dollars again 7.8 billion dollar budget well i mean public service announcements that kind of thing and i'm funding um you know good pbs shows that'd be okay with but having you know tv newscasters discuss climate science on air just it's just weird and it seems like there could be better ways of doing it because oftentimes, I mean, a TV newscaster, I mean, you're talking about the weather person or the anchor to discuss climate science on the air. If you got a meteorologist, maybe, but even that's a stretch. They're talking about weather, not climate. So I don't know. So to your point of I don't know, how much forward progress has the Sinclair group mm. made doing the exact same thing to sinister ends? True, but that's not our government. That's private industry, which doesn't I'm just make it saying, good. I- I'm not saying it makes it good. I, I thought you were debating the effectiveness of having your trustworthy local anchor tell you about the uh, perils of climate change. Because why would anybody listen to such a fool? <laughs> Meanwhile. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I'm confused about because it just says discuss it. It doesn't say. Right. Plus or minus. Yeah. Right. Which means discussing it could be, well, I'm going to pull a person who says it's true and a denier. And we're going to sit here and go, well, there's two different schools of thought on this. So long, folks. Make your own decision. I I don't deny that it might be effective to have your local newscaster talk about it. I'm just not sure of the appropriateness of it. I don't know if we should be spending taxpayer money on doing – now, I I tend to be um, somewhat of a a small government. I don't think also they should be advertising the army, especially not as much as they do. Yeah, I I disagree. I think part of the National Science Foundation's goal should be to educate people, to put information out there. I see Karen's well, I point, though. It's like, you know, you do it with that, then it beca- it, uh, it, here comes the slippery slope, Ian, you know? <laughs> 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 
Well, I, I, I agree with public education, yes, but I don't know that your news is, is the place to do it. That, I don't know, it strikes me that that should be something... <laughs> well, Sinclair, Are you messing with me? <laughs> I agree You're totally with you. messing with me. <laughs> so we should have the government counter what Sinclair is doing? No, I'm not saying... I'm. First you said... I'm not arguing the effectiveness of the program. <laughs> and then you finished with, I'm arguing the effectiveness of the program. <laughs> no, I, I think it could be effective. That, I think, is undeniable. I mean, having your right. local, local forecaster talk about things, that, that's the person that you trust. So I think it could be effective. I just don't know if it's appropriate. So you don't think that bolstering public interest in science is ethical? Not for, I, I see what you're saying, Ian, but not that way. I agree with Karen in that. Like, there's pamphlets, booklets, get, you know, put it in the schools if you want. But even then, that's kind of like, it just could be twisted into a shittier thing where it's like, guess what? Now now I'm going to pay you $4 million to deny climate change. (laughs) What should they do with their information? I I don't, I'm not smart enough to answer that question. (laughs) So they can't publish it. They no, I said they, they, could, the they could publish it. They you could. said that was just as slippery. No, no, no. No, no, no. I said uh, putting it into schools. Okay. So they can't share it with the public and they can't share it with children. They can share it with the public. But they can have it in a secret vault. And if anybody <laughs> seeks it out on their own, then you're allowed to look at it. I did it? not say that. I, they could publish their own papers and put them out on the internet or whatever they want to do. I, I see what she's saying. It's weird to push it. First of all, you have $4 million. What do you do? Do you pay these places off and be like hey we're gonna give you a hundred thousand dollars push our agenda i agree the agenda is good i'm not denying that (laughs) just by the it's what sinclair does is they push their ideas and their facts via a a a trusted news team except sinclair doesn't suggest it they just make you do it they force you to do it yeah Yeah. there's no bribery there's just a hammer yeah do it or get fired right you know then it's what's what's it's just in you take that kind of power and you put it in the wrong hands, then it's, well, shit, let's give them $8 million and they'll talk about anything we tell them to talk about. I'm almost well, like weirded out, too, about like that whole thing that the army signed up with the NFL to be more patriotic. Mm. You know? It, it, yeah, it's, it's twisting public perception. I, I, I am okay with it if they are upfront about it. I am okay with it. The National Science Foundation has, has a program. The, to talk about climate science, and now I'm going to give you the background of it and what it what they have determined. I, I, I'm I'm really okay with it if they're public about where um, the content is coming from, because that is is not what Sinclair does. Sinclair just makes it sound like it's you know, the local newscaster's idea. So I'm I would be okay with that. I'd be comfortable so with that if they're like, "This is coming from that... the, the NSF." Yeah, right. And you're worried that if the National Science Foundation does it, that other people will start doing it, or that if the National Science Foundation stops, then other people will say, we should stop too. They're putting up a good example. <laughs> True. Yeah. So I, I, my, my question was, so if you're okay with it as long as it's clear where the money's coming from. So if the if the Koch brothers put up, you know, $100 million to do propaganda uh, and, you know, they funnel that through the EPA and Scott Pruitt signs off on mm-hmm. it, that they are now going to put out evidence. Uh, they're going to give evidence to the local newscasters that uh, climate change is not man-made. As long as the, it's transparent and we know where the money's coming from. We're okay, we're okay if with they that. they say this report is sponsored by the Koch brothers? <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, 
I guess I'd feel more comfortable with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would. <laughs> at, least, at least it's clear where it's coming from. But yeah. there, there's a whole swath of the population that believes that the Koch brothers are trying to do good for the United States. So <laughs> This is true. So my whole point with this article was to point out the four people who have a major problem with this. Ted Cruz, James Inhofe, yeah. Yeah. James Lankford, and, and yeah. Rand Paul. Well, Rand Paul, hey, probably because just of the money factor. Right. Would be my guess. He doesn't yeah. like taxpayer money being taken away from the taxpayers. And what are so, the other three's problem with it? They're like, what, uh, what are you talking about this for? Isn't Einhoff the uh, snowball in the on the yes. Congress floor guy? Yes, yes, he is. Yeah, Ted Cruz. I don't know because he's just an asshole. I- <laughs> he, he is. He, he has a shitty quota to fill. Yeah, <laughs> he's like Lord Satan. Did I miss anything this month? Oh yeah, here we go. <laughs> Langford, I don't know anything about. So w- would they rather them not do this, or do they want them to do the counter argument, or what's the story? Uh, I believe the story is they, well, they wrote a letter saying that uh, it's intended to be, the NSF is intended to be basic research to benefit the common good. And so they wrote a letter to the inspector general saying, hey, we need you to take a look at this and make sure that money is being used appropriately. And so I I think they want it to just stop. They want to stop it in total. Right. Mm. But I would what I would really like is that newscasters determine their own content and, and just tell the a, truth, <laughs> tell the truth. Yeah. And they, they don't have to, you know, speak the sentences that Sinclair writes for them or whoever else writes for them. And I'm not saying the National Science Fate. I don't put them in the same category, but I, I would like news to be more pure than it currently is. Mm, sure. <laughs> is that suggesting that climate change is, in fact, not real? No. Then why wouldn't they report that? Well, they can obviously they're it. not Ian because they're being paid money to do it now, <laughs> right? Because that is the <laughs> they have to be they have to be bribed back to the side of rationality. <laughs> well, she was just saying I wish that they wouldn't have to be. That's all right. she was saying. I, I wish they would. I, I don't. I just don't understand your your guys is painting this as some kind of wrongdoing. I guess Uh-oh. I don't see how you can't see how this could be horrible. If you allow this to happen, then you can allow the national, like like Jared said, the EPA to spend billions of dollars blanketing every newscast organization in the country and insisting that they say, or paying them to say that uh, climate change is is not a fact. And there's nothing you can do about it. Right. And that's currently happening. It's it's not happening by the EPA. It's happening by Sinclair, which is a private organization. Well, and it's, it's also happening by the, all right. They're currently the EPA and any other environmental organization is not allowed to publish, tweet, or email about anything that suggests that climate change is man-made or currently happening. Right. Mm-hmm. Is that right? But they're not paying news corporations to back that claim up. Right. They're not right. going to the local newspaper, local you know news organization and saying um, we will give you you know. $300,000 if you say on air that climate change, climate change is a hoax. They're not doing that, but they could. Yeah, they totally could. Shouldn't be giving them ideas, damn it. <laughs> yeah, and you know they'll take the money and do it. <laughs> well, they, especially in local, local news, because, well, I would hope that some of them would have a conscience, but they're often strapped for money, so they might. This took a I turn that I did not expect. <laughs> a weird turn yeah. for me, yeah. at least. 
I mean, the, the problem is, is that it, you can't trust the government to determine what is true anymore. And discussing science is is fraught with peril at the moment because there's a whole bunch of people that will stand up there with an honest to God, aw shucks look on their face saying that climate change is not true. And there's a whole bunch of people that will believe them if they have the three letters of the NSF behind them. Or the I don't say how Ian is scared of state-run media. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's – yeah. It's inching towards state-run media. And it's a very small inch, I know. It but, is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We should we should just – we should roll over. We should take the high road. Mm. We should just let them no. do what they want. No. Yes, we should. It's a slippery slope. <laughs> Wait. Fighting back is a slippery slope. Who decides wh- who gets to spend money then and who doesn't? Uh, Who decides the, that this 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 money is okay, but this other money from the EPA is not okay? Who apparently, makes that, decision? Uh, that is made by S- Senator Einhoff. And <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's not a good choice. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I feel like Ian's only defending this because it's good. It's good news. Because it's facts. Tra- yeah, they're asked to report facts. They're the news. No, they're yes. being bribed to report facts. <laughs> They're not being. It's not like they're going out and saying, "Hey, could you please well, do this?" I don't they're think, like, I, I don't think hmm. I'm. Let, let's try and be clear about that. I don't think that that four million dollars is going straight to the newscasters. I think that four million dollars is going into programs that then provide the information to newscasters. I don't think that. It's, okay, it's I'm more bribing. comfortable with that. I'm way more comfortable with that. <laughs> That's better. I was under the impression that there was a four million dollar allotment to say, okay. Uh, we'll give such such local news company three grand or something like that if they you know if they do this. Mm. I, I don't know either way, but I'm inclined to believe that the four million dollars, like Ray said, is to produce content. newsworthy content that they will then you know that they can send to these stations for them to broadcast. Yeah, I, I think- I'm fine with that. And then the the news company can do what they want with it. Is what you're saying? Sure, sure. No problem with that, Ian. Yeah, I'm, I'm better. So with that. obviously yeah. we were fighting because neither of us understood what we were talking about. <laughs> yeah, sure. I, I think the only the only problem is that um, facts aren't clear clean anymore. Facts aren't pure anymore. No, turn, People turns say out they are. It just well, they not in public discourse. They're not sure. So you can call something a fact, but that doesn't mean it's true. I mean, just look at our president for Christ's sake. The, the number of things that he says are, you know, false news and fake news and not true. And it, it's, you could label anything a fact now. Doesn't mean it is. So that leads me directly into the next thing I wanted to talk about. Yeah. Um, I labeled it as, as uh, Anderson Cooper called it, shading the truth, changing the subject, avoiding the question. Politic Politicians have always been able to, you ask them a question, they change the subject. They answers, mm-hmm. but in a way that doesn't really answer the question. It changes to another subject. The pivot. Yeah, the pivot. exactly. It's it's yeah. it's complete pivot. Politicians are known to do this, and a lot of people have d- decided that what that means is politicians lie. You just can't trust a politician because all politicians lie. And I think whenever, actually, I've had this argument that whenever you bring up how much Trump lies, people say, well, all politicians lie. And is there, my first question is, is there a difference? Is there a difference at all between not being candid, not telling the truth, and but, but changing the subject, avoiding the question? Is there a difference between that and telling an outright lie? Yes. Because a, lot of, a lot of people in, in the Trump side don't seem to see a difference at all. Hmm. Well, they also voted for a reality star hmm. to be president of the United States, so. <laughs> True. <laughs> So I mean, I think I would say that all politicians are experts in the pivot. 
and the what about our emails thing that they do. And that's on both sides of the aisle. Well, that's what aboutism. I think that's different than yeah. the pivot. I think that could be, I mean, the, the, they're similar. So, but yeah. Doing the what about is also, I mean, it's a type of pivot. It's a changing the subject, trying to get the attention elsewhere. It's trying to um, avoid the question. Right. But actually giving a false answer is different and worse. And Trump, opinion. now, I, I really want to, to see another study, but the Washington Post has a running tally of the number of times that the president has lied. The last time I mm -hmm. looked, it was over 3,200 times. 3,200 times since he's been president. That's impressive. Um, that works out to, to something like 16 lies a day. <laughs> and I mean, and there are things that just don't make any sense. Like the most recent one that came to my, came into my view was in, in Wisconsin. He was doing a rally in Wisconsin and he brought up unprovoked. He just brought up this quote-unquote fact that he was the first Republican to win Wisconsin in a presidential election since Eisenhower in 1952. <laughs> and, like, there was no reason for him to bring that up. He was just trying to show how much Wisconsin loved him, and he just brought this up. Now, as it turns out, Eisenhower also won Wisconsin in 1956. Nixon also won Wisconsin, and Reagan won Wisconsin both times he ran. So it's an outright lie. It's a claim that can be quickly shown to be false, very easily. He lies on these little things that can be proven, disproven immediately. How, how can you trust this person on anything? But yet, when he says it, everyone in Wisconsin cheered. They, mm. they don't they don't even question well, it. Not not everyone in Wisconsin, everyone that cared to go to a Trump rally. Right, right. But it brought cheers. But they probably don't know the truth and they're not in any sphere where they're gonna learn the truth. Yeah. Right. The the second part of what you said is very important. Yeah. I don't think there's any nobody is going to leave that rally and go fact check anything that he says. And apparently yeah. even if you show them the hard evidence and be like, Look, here it is, they'll be like, Well, you know, that that could be fake, too. <laughs> you know, like when you show somebody a Snopes article with an actual picture proving that what they just said was false. Well, Snopes is liberal leaning. So, yeah, you know, even though I'm, I can see the picture right there, picture could be faked. Well, I mean, he started off this whole debacle with, you know, he had the biggest crowd in his inauguration in history. You knew he right also there. claimed he got the most. What do you call it? Uh Shit, I'm blanking. Uh -oh. The electoral uh, the, votes? Or? Yeah, then he got no. the most electoral votes since somebody. And everyone's like, nope, Obama got more than you this year. <laughs> Reagan got more than you than this year. And, you know, what about the lie that he said about Jimmy Fallon? Right. Where he said Jimmy Fallon called him and thanked him for coming on the show and said it was monster ratings and this and that. And Jimmy Fallon tweets out, I've never spoken to that man on the phone in my life. Mm -hmm. Why? Here he's making a very specific lie yeah. of a story. And it's not just like, I talked to Jimmy on the phone. He's like, no, I talked to Jimmy and here's what we said to and each other. And he thanked me. Well, and it's, it's always ego feeding, which is telling. It, it, it's always about pumping him up. But that's so – I, I mean, I know a guy like that who will just tell flat out straight fucking falsehoods. Mm -hmm. And uh, – it's, I mean, that's got to be some kind of disorder, right? right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And if you Narcissistic talk to personality some, disorder. <laughs> if you talk to somebody who is a Trump supporter, the, the response I still get is, well, all politicians lie. So I wanted to bring up another time, Warren, Elizabeth Warren. She recently made a statement on June 13th about uh, criminal justice reform. And she made this statement 
that um, low-level drug offenders, we have more people locked up for low-level drug offenses on marijuana than for violent crimes in this country. Sounds true. It sounds true. It's distinctly not. Oh. So there's a lot of facts in this article. It's an article in the Washington Post. And if you look at if you look at the actual numbers, there's there's forty four thousand seven hundred people at the state level who are serving a sentence for drug possession as the most serious crime. That is nowhere near the level of violent offenders that that are locked up. But if you look at the facts a little bit like more broadly, if you look at the number of people arrested for violent crimes over the people who were arrested for uh, marijuana possession, then the numbers that then that fits what she's saying. Ah, so she's not in jail. She yeah. overstated it by saying they were in jail or in prison when it, it was the number of arrests. So it's a it's a misinterpretation of the of the statistics. Uh, in jail versus arrested are kind of two different things. They they are, but I would say that that is a misunderstanding of the numbers mm-hmm. or of the facts. It's a, I, it's I wouldn't a, call that a flat out lie. That's a it's exaggeration. That's for sure. Well, no, yeah. you're talking about whether people are in jail or not. No, that that was that was either a a lie or a mistake. Didn't I just say it was a Who mistake? Who said this? Uh, Elizabeth Warren said it. Yeah. No, she is she is too intelligent not to know the difference between arrested and in jail. She intentionally misquoted those numbers to fit her narrative. But isn't she intelligent to know enough that they could find that out? No. She also... No, she we just went over the fact. She just, we just went over the fact that no one is, other than Ray is going to do that kind of research. <laughs> but someone... Like, the, but Ray found the story, so obviously someone called her out on it. Sure. And, I mean, the same thing with, with, the, with the other side that we discussed. The people who are going to listen to Elizabeth Warren to give you this information are... While they're the complete inverse, they are the liberal, the same, the liberal versions of people who wanted to hear Trump come out and say, hello, Wisconsin, we're going to rock tonight. And they were like, yeah, you're the best. So you're telling me that you think that Elizabeth Warren saw this piece of information, said, I'm going to lie about this to further my agenda. Yes. I don't believe that for one fucking second. You're shockingly naive. (laughs) You you have no faith in anybody. <laughs> First of all, I am not as intelligent as Elizabeth Warren. Not no, I'm not, not even close. Not even close. And uh, but I'm as me, a person me. who has told some pretty elaborate lies in his day <laughs> about my son out in Seattle that I've never seen. I, I, could be I, could I, be I, eighteen I, by now. That kid. I'm a, I'm aware of imaginary yeah. son. <laughs> when you lie, you make sure that you cannot get caught. Unless you're a fucking moron, like Trump. So I, I just can't imagine that she would go, I'm lying, and uh, there's no way I can get busted on this. Well, I'm wondering if a staffer, you know, modified it. And if she, What she should do is say, well, yeah, we, we misstated. I don't understand why it did, her narrative was prison reform, wasn't it? Damn. Yeah. It doesn't work. I don't, see, I don't see a need for her to walk it back. She has it. She, she, like Trump, will not lose one ounce of support. By being exposed as as a as a lie. Here's my argument to that. One, I agree with you about the, specifically the way you stated it. She won't lose any support by that being pointed out. However, I don't think that 
her number, her screwing up the numbers or saying this, I don't know that that qualifies as an outright lie like we constantly hear from Trump. Correct. Yeah, agree. It is not as flagrant. Yeah. But it is definitely a misrepresentation of data in order to forward her prison reform agenda. Right. And her which I support. Yeah. Her her agenda is a, is a valid agenda. The the I guess it's an intentionality. She may not have intended to mislead. She may have, but I would I would hope that she did not intend to mislead. I don't know then I don't even know that Trump intends to mislead. He's just wrong all the time. He's he's but like yeah, his I think wrong he is not, not wrong like that. <laughs> right. It's flagrant. Yeah, it's flagrant. Again, I don't I still don't understand why Elizabeth Warren would even need to lie because there's plenty of other stats she could have used. Exactly. Right. That were true. So it just seems ridiculous. And not verifying your statistics when you're going out and making a public statement. You just lose credibility for the people who are going to fact check you. Yeah, right. that is a mistake. Right. I'll give you that. Like, that's dumb. But again, you know, is every piece of paper that's given to her that she's going to personally go fact check to? I'm sure she hires people around her that she trusts to do that. Right. Right. Who sure. clearly she, made a mistake. She may have, she may have had a speechwriter. In this particular instance, I don't know. Well, she might have had people doing research and finding statistics statistics for her and gave her a bad one. I believe that. So her spokesperson come out, came out later and said that she was referring to the number of people arrested, not incarcerated, which in that case, her statement would have been correct. However, she's talking mm -hmm. about prison reform. Um, but she was making the point that we need broad-based criminal justice reform for, for far too many Americans, disproportionately people of color, have had their lives upended by arrests for low-level drug offenses. That is a completely correct statement. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. it doesn't fit the narrative that she was putting forward. Mm. Right. So again, I find this a political maneuver as opposed to outright lying. I think there's, there's a difference. I, well, I think there's definitely a, a difference in scope and scale of lying between those two people. Yes. I mean, Elizabeth Warren bent the truth to fit a narrative. Trump just outright makes shit up every day. So And for so for half of the time, no good reason. Yeah, well, it's it, just not important shit. It, it feeds his ego. It's all about feeding his ego. Yeah. For him, it strokes his ego to think that he's done best in Wisconsin since 1952. That's just ego boost. Yeah. Now, do you think somebody – do you think he just made that lie up off the top of his head? I don't know. Because he, if, if he did, he knows he's lying. So then he's got a – he's a small person if that's the case. Or did someone hand him that piece of paper to be like, well, he'll like this. It's not it, true, but he'll like it. it. It said 1952 Eisenhower, so he did not pull that off the top of his head. There's no way he knows that. I bet you couldn't – he couldn't pick the decade and Eisenhower was in office. So he – yeah, somebody handed it – handed the lie to him. And he rolled with it. But the Jimmy Fallon thing was not handed to him. That no. was, I'm just going to make yep. some straight up bullshit up. Yep. <laughs> right. Or s probably somebody gave him data on, you know, um, this is Wisconsin history presidential elections. And he scanned back and he looked at 1952. Hey, there was a bump there. I'll compare myself to that. Wait, he was reading in this yeah. story? <laughs> well, <laughs> don't get crazy. One sheet, bullet points. Okay. Know. It was probably something Stephen Miller threw together, and when Trump said it on the podium, he just smacked his head. <laughs> All right, real quick, uh, moving over to uh, the Trump 
uh, Supreme Court picks. I wanted to talk yeah. about four people. I did some some different looking for good articles. There's uh, there is an article on on Mother Jones that goes into some of the candidates. Um, I specifically was looking for a left leaning article in that case because I wanted to know what was wrong with these people. Mm. But it doesn't cover the exact people who he met with. The list I got there was from a Fox News article. I'm not going to link that because I don't want to give them ad revenue. But the first one, Amy Coney Barrett. She is a mother of seven. Two of those seven were adopted from Haiti. Uh, she was a clerk to Scalia. 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 I pronounced it. As soon as I said it, I'm like, that's wrong. Who's this Scalia guy? She was a clerk to uh, Scalia. She is way against abortion. She has been vocal about it. She also, when she was being appointed to uh, appellate court, she got a lot of uh, pushback from senators during her, um, what are they, uh, the hearings? Confirmation. Confirmation hearings. Uh, She got a lot of pushback to, because of her religious beliefs, Um, she tends to cite her religious beliefs in her rulings. Mm. So I'm against her. Yep. Oh, I was against her as soon as you said Scalia, so I didn't even need mm. to hear the sure. rest. Brett Kavanaugh, uh, he clerked for Kennedy at the same time that Gorsuch did. Uh, so Gorsuch and this Kavanaugh guy both clerked for Kennedy. Uh, he also served on Ken Starr's team in the Bill Clinton investigation. In in the mm. article in Mother Jones, I don't know if uh, if I can find it real quick, but there is a quote that I really wanted to uh, wanted to to mention. It basically says something I can't find it, but it's something to the fact that uh, Kavanaugh is uh, the uh, the only person less qualified for the position would be Ken Starr himself. <laughs> nice, wow. Raymond Kethledge. He also clerked for Kennedy. I couldn't find hardly anything out about that guy, but he has um, a... He doesn't have a chance. (laughs) Yeah, he's not... (laughs) Well, Trump met with him, but yeah, not much of a chance. And Amul Thapar, who, if he were to be appointed, he... Well, he's... Apparently, he's the first Article Three federal judge from Southeast Asia. And he is the only person of the four with actual trial experience. Um, well, he's definitely not getting in. He's that. way out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to call it. I'm going to oh, say it's, Brett. It's, it's Barrett. Oh, no. She's just evil. Brett is underqualified. And if I were Trump, I would want a cool sounding name like Brett Kavanaugh <laughs> on my Supreme Court. Yeah, but here's but- the thing. With, with Barrett, you get a Scalia-type successor, mm-hmm. right? Totally against abortion, and we all know the Roe v. Wade is the one thing that they keep talking about. And it's a woman, so he could be like, see, I put a woman on the Supreme Court. Right. He'll think that that'll get him points with women. There is one problem with this list of four people, though, and that Mm -hmm. is uh, Senator Mike Lee from Utah, Republican, has confirmed that he was interviewed by Trump for the Supreme Court post. So there's a fifth. Interesting. This guy. Actually, I don't even know why we're discussing this because we know Trump is not actually picking this person. They're going to hand him a fucking name and say, this is the one you're putting on. Right. It's the Republican, the Federalist people. The Federalist Society or whatever the hell it is. Yeah. It's fucking horseshit. He's just going to go, well, that's right. I give you Supreme Court and then you let me do whatever dumb shit I want to do. Right. Got it. Sure. Put this person on. So he's not even weighing this shit. And did you hear the thing where he said he wanted to read their their papers from from school? (laughs) And everyone's like, he's not reading anything. <laughs> like, give me a fucking break. It's not a one sheet with bullet points. Just give it up. Yeah. My money's on Barrett. 
I got a fiver on Barrett. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I, I was going to say, I will match that bet with Brett Kavanaugh. All right. As soon as Ray said, least qualified person in the United <laughs> States, I was like, it's got to be that guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did find the the quote. It was from uh, Durbin. Dirty Dick Durbin? <laughs> uh, Senator, yes, Dick Durbin uh, from Illinois. One, he called him publicly. He called Brett Kavanaugh the Forrest Gump of Republican politics. <laughs> Uh, and he says that Damn, less. I might have just lost five bucks. <laughs> he said less legal experience than virtually any Republican or Democratic nominee in more than thirty years. Of the fifty-four judges appointed to this court in one hundred and eleven years, only one, Ken Starr, had less legal experience. That is a fact. Wow. <laughs> so there you go, Brett Kavanaugh for Supreme Court. Yeah. <laughs> uh... No, I'm gonna, I think it's going to be uh, Senator Mike Lee. Because he can actually vote for himself. <laughs> oh, I don't no. think you can, can you? No. Yes, you can. Really? Well, they would- I think you can, but I don't think that Trump will risk losing a uh, Republican seat. Mm, like, he needs Lee's vote out there to keep himself from being impeached and to get through more tax breaks <laughs> and <laughs> other other villainy. Well, I don't know what the law is in Utah. Can the governor just appoint somebody to finish his term? Maybe he's up for a re-election this, this November. And it, de- it depends. Yeah. I, I agree that that would be risky. Right. But he oh, might also, be... So you think Trump thinks that far ahead? <laughs> not Trump, but the Federalist people. <laughs> right. Again, yeah. we keep saying Trump, Trump yeah. is not picking his person. Yeah. True. Well, he might be given a his pick of four people that have been completely 100% vetted, but... I, I nope, think I don't believe that for I don't believe that for a second. Well, They're gonna hand him a list. By the name. Yeah. There's gonna be a list of one person. <laughs> They're like, yeah, do your interviews, whatever you need to do. Pretend go ahead and do play president. Mm-hmm. But this is the one you're picking in the end. Or we'll impeach your ass. <laughs> Possible. So the, some others from the list from the Mother Jones, Stephen uh, Colleton, uh, he was on a panel of judges that st- struck down the uh, provisions for the Affordable Care Act. A Raymond Grunder from the Eighth Circus Court of Appeals. Um, Circus Court? <laughs> eighth, eighth Circuit Court of Appeals. Sorry, I'm trying to read ahead. It's not working. Mm. He, uh, he is known for writing the opinion on a case concluding that company insurance plan could exclude birth control pills. Oh, uh, nice. <laughs> there's uh, Bill Pryor, who is from Alabama. I don't really know. I need to read anymore. Uh, no, he he uh, <laughs> succeeded uh, Jeff Sessions as the uh, Alabama Attorney General. And uh, Joan Larson, she's the other female that they were talking about on Fox News. She is apparently loved by the Federalist Society. And uh, again, a former clerk for Scalia. So... Yeah. Ooh, and a go. woman. Yeah, and a woman. Yeah. No Judge Jean Pirro on there? Or uh, Judge Judy? <laughs> no, no, not that I saw. <laughs> I did, however, also want to mention this on Alabama.com, AL.com. They uh, they posted, somebody posted a comic, uh, the Trump's next three Supreme Court picks could be Bill Pryor. They mentioned him, anti, anti-abortion federal judge. He's on the short list. They mentioned Jeff Sessions, because he's from what? Alabama. Uh <laughs> They, uh, and they also mentioned Roy Moore, because why not? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Roy uh, Moore I hope so. would get the libs hot and bothered. Yeah. <laughs> and that's this what their true. whole party platform is, is getting libs riled up. <laughs> uh, so I really, I want to hit this real quick. So I'm going to skip the NATO stuff. 
there's a lot we could talk about in the NATO stuff, but we're running long. I did want to mention this, though. I found out earlier today that there is another conspiracy theory around Trump. And, nope. and totally true. Specifically, <laughs> uh, Justice Kennedy resigning. And this was something that I did not know at all. So Kennedy is resigning. His son, uh, until 2009, <laughs> I believe, worked for Deutsche Bank. And if yes. you remember, Deutsche Bank was uh, uh, fined, heavily fined, for money laundering uh, with Russian oligarchs. They were yes. taking in money from these Russian oligarchs, and they were they were basically uh, making it clean so that the oligarchs could then take the money back you know, in the uh, in the United States and use it for whatever. And like buying um, <laughs> buying uh, apartments in Trump Towers, for example. Use it for yeah, whatever. Whatever. Yeah. I like that was good enough. <laughs> so apparently, uh, Deutsche Bank also gave Trump uh, while and and Kennedy's son. I can't can't find the guy the kid's name, but uh, his son was isn't it like James something like that? Jason? I don't know. Yeah. But Justice that could be no oh, no sorry no <laughs> <laughs> that would be fucking awesome. I'm leaving that. <laughs> in. <laughs> Turns out that's a title. Uh, Sorry. Uh, so <laughs> okay. in any case, in, at the same time, apparently Kennedy's son was responsible or at least helped in Trump getting a billion dollar loan from Deutsche Bank at the same time that they were laundering money from the Russians. That's weird, right? So super. It's, total but what I don't hmm. understand, though, is like, what is the significance of this other than that rich people all hang out with other rich people? <laughs> so like. Why Why would Kennedy – you're saying that Kennedy left or, or is retiring because his son – what? His son's not in any trouble, right? The theory is is that something's going to come out because right. the, the loan that Trump got from Deutsche Bank was probably laundered Russian money. And if Justin is his son, if the son Justin was heavily involved in that, that would be – that would look bad for Justice Kennedy. Why? Correct. Yeah, the, the sins of the son, you know. Because if it if he gets tied in with the money laundering directly, he will need a pardon. Mm. So, well, or I guess if this actually if something about this makes its way to the Supreme Court, he would have to recuse recuse himself anyway if his son was involved, right? Correct, right. leaving a four four decision probably. But right. again, so I'm just not I'm not understanding. All he's doing is helping Trump now. Yes. Well, I'm wondering. Is that what he wants to do? Or is he just trying to protect his family? I I am speculating that it's in exchange for an upcoming pardon Mm. for his son. For the son. Okay, gotcha. Yes. So he said, I'll leave and give you a pick. Yes. All right. He said, I've already picked all my clerks for this session. I'm totally going to stay. Hey, guys, I'm retiring. Yeah. And everybody went, you're what now? He went, I got to retire right now. Yeah, that is uh, that is part of the, the theory. And it is a fact that he has already appointed uh, his clerks for that term, which is, I mean, if you knew you were going to be retiring, there's no reason to put the time and effort into doing that. Right. Now, he's 81 years old and he might be ill. However, there's know. no evidence that suggests he has any health issues. Other than being 81. Right. The other component, too, is there was a weird conversation between Anthony Kennedy and Donald Trump. Um, in February, as Trump about what a special guy his son was, yeah, as he as Trump <laughs> made his way out of the chamber, he paused to chat with the justices. He said to Anthony Kennedy, "Say hello to your boy, special guy." Yeah, <laughs> which it, that's weird. 
Well, he knows his son. I mean, it's not that fucking yeah. weird. Yeah, no. but I, I, his I son was, apparently it... his son was was Donald's banker. So yeah. right. Do you do you think it's possible? I mean, because Kennedy has been ruling on the side of of Republicans since Trump went into office. The the you know, the, the gay marriage was when Obama was in office. So right. since then, it's been conservative yeah, shifted, all the way. Shifted back, right? Correct. So is it possible that um, Trump has threatened him in some way? I wouldn't put it past him. Is it possible? I wouldn't say threatened him. Probably sweetened it. More likely, is like, hey, right. I'll get your boy off. You know, if, diggity. If you retire, if, and I mean, if and listen, this is a lot of speculation. And if it's yeah, true, yeah. we'll not know any Wild of this speculation. Yeah. <laughs> we'll never know any of this because that is some shady ass shit. Yeah, yeah. And you might as well just get rid of all of the fucking Supreme Court if that's true, and just start over. <laughs> So uh, just because I don't like the the being blown off of the fact that he's 81, so he obviously has health issues. Ruth Bader Ginsburg is 85. She goes to the gym every other day, and she also does not have health issues that we're aware of. I hope that she doesn't have health issues. Um, I don't think the fact that he's 81 means that he has health issues. Sure, I I would agree. But, you know, women live longer, too, so. (laughs) Right. I'm just saying, like, if you're an 81-year-old man, are you willing to sacrifice your remaining five minutes on the Supreme Court in exchange for your son's continued freedom? Yeah, yes. Probably. Yeah, you probably are. <laughs> but again, again, if Ray was not clear up front, and if I interrupted him too much, this is all complete conjecture. Mm-hmm. Anything that was a fact, we have stated that it was a fact, him selecting the clerks, no known health issues, those are all true, mm-hmm. but we are choosing to connect the dots in a way that is satisfying to me. <laughs> and the son is, it is true. He's absolutely worked is, for Deutsche Bank. It was, was absolutely, absolutely Trump's, Trump's personal w- banker while he was working at Deutsche Bank. I saw, I read something about that um, he might not have been involved in this specific arrangement. He worked at Deutsche Bank at the time, but he might not have worked in the division that gave Trump the loan. He worked. He, so we should, he, he, oh, I, I had not heard any contrary information. He specifically information to that, but. did work at Deutsche Bank. At the time that the loan was given, he did work with Trump's accounts directly, but there was a denial that he aided in the $630 million loan. Okay. Well, if this kid gets busted for something, and when I say kid, he's probably like 50 or 60 years old. Yeah, probably. Right. (laughs) uh, And then gets a pardon, then I can pretty much say everything we said here is probably 99% true. Yes, that that is true. And the other, the only little part of this that that also kind of blew my mind as a lifelong poor person. Yo, can I borrow one billion dollars? Sure, <laughs> one billion dollars? Are you kidding I will get me? The form. Yeah. <laughs> well, one there's a lot of lying loan. involved in that. Like I saw a thing on Trump and his like eliminating all the presidential shit on how he ran his finances and stuff like that. It is insane insane what these banks will do on just like, well, it's Donald Trump. I mean, he says he's got a lot of money, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, yep. nobody's checking anything. Like, also, it's it's just, it's like, God, just money begets money. Yeah. Like, this guy is a Supreme Court judge, and his son is like some high-ranking dude at this bank. Like, do you think he got that job based solely on his merit? Mm. No. no. <laughs> Come on, man. God damn this fucking country. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. The the part that really kills me is what you read, Karen. The uh on the way out of the room when Trump said, mm-hmm. Say hello to your boy, special guy. I mean, Trump never says anything nice about people spontaneously. No. 
But that was in February, you said, right? That's February. Correct. Oh, fe- February of last year. Sorry. Yeah. I, I mean, so, I could only assume that this is all going down because Mueller's got something that he's about to lay out that yes, they know about. That's the theory, according to this. Yeah. I think so. And I, I assume this that this, this can't come to an end until after the midterms in the hopes that that one what the house or senate will will swing well that's wh- a certain way but that's why his retirement now is so weird because right. he why didn't he hang on till november until after the midterms because well yeah, they, right because they don't think that the democrats will be able to stop him from posting somebody else who will definitely vote however the fuck they want mm-hmm. right or this information is going to come out soon right i i just assumed yeah. that and i guess it could it you know could come out soon it'll still have to wait because Regardless of any amount of criminal activity and wrongdoing that the president may or may not get caught up in, impeachment is a purely political process that has nothing to do with the Department of Justice. So if he is found guilty of of all of all the collusion in the world, they could be like, cool, not impeaching. Nothing wrong with a criminal president. Yeah, absolutely. Well, they said that this this whole thing could could backfire on them. Because if he gets this judge in, which they can, they have the they have the majority. They could do it as quickly as possible, no matter how much the Democrats hem and haw. That come November, most Republican voters will be like, okay, you know, I'm not as motivated anymore to vote because mm. you know we got that other justice. Come on, we got that on lockdown now, <laughs> and it will definitely fire up the liberals. Sure, do it the other way though, and say I'm going to wait till after and be like, look. If these liberals get in here, I'm not going to get to put in the justice. Then they're going to be fired up to vote. But that's also a gamble that you're going to lose. So I'm sure they won't take that gamble and put the justice right. in before. Correct. Hmm. Which means we, which means liberals could take back the House and the Senate. But who knows? Now that I know that the Russians are meddling in everything. <laughs> yeah. Right. But Trump still believes him. He still believes Putin. He's he said it strongly, Karen. So strongly, yeah. And then he waved the P-tape in my face, so that's what I'm staying with. <laughs> all right uh that is all that i have for this week the only thing i wanted to mention was uh michelle wolf who made the 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 big news during the correspondence dinner her show she she said that if if you're going to attack cabinet people in the street you should do it in a way that actually hurts them like you shouldn't just you know call them a feckless cunt because i mean that's on their that's on their i want to be called list like that's they're, they're <laughs> trying to get that sort of thing so she suggested that if you see ivanka on the street first call her tiffany this will devastate her <laughs> Uh, she then went on to say several different things about Ivanka throughout the rest of the show Um, and some of the jokes were were kind of funny but uh, the one her main joke on Ivanka was that you're like a vaginal mesh you were supposed to support women but now you have blood all over you and you're the center of a thousand lawsuits (laughs) I think uh, she's really trying to stay in the news by coming up with the worst worst things you can say but um the other one that I wanted to mention is, and, and this was on her, her way out of the, the bit, uh, that Ivanka is the prettiest tumor on a swiftly moving cancer. <laughs> I thought that was the, the best line from that. She is pretty. I uh, I did. I enjoy. I didn't watch the whole thing, but I enjoyed her bit, even though her voice is, man, it takes like five minutes to get used to Michelle Wolf speaking. <laughs> She's got it. Oh yeah, that voice is a bit much. Yeah. Speaking speaking of getting to, and this won't take long, of getting in people's faces in public. Did you see the video of the woman who confronted Scott Pruitt? Yes, that was yes. perfect. She was. That's awesome. how you should do it, people. Yeah. 
polite but firm <laughs> if you didn't see it she went up to him uh, two-year-old in arms and just she she apparently wrote some things down on the back of a receipt so that she couldn't wouldn't forget them so she went over and said mr pruitt he confirmed who he was and she said i just want to tell you you need to resign what you're doing is really going to hurt our children you, you should be ashamed you should get out of there before uh, all of these accusations now before they pull you out of the office you should just resign <laughs> And yeah. uh, she was very polite about it. He went from being all smiley to, Aww. yeah, sad and <laughs> please shut up kind of face. But uh, <laughs> apparently he said thank you. Uh, he said thank you uh, toward the end, which I don't That's what she said. She didn't hear that. But yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it could have been. Thank you. I don't give a fuck what you said. See you later. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been accurate. So. And one last last thing for me is I found a list of things that you can't say anymore because they're racist. <laughs> or okay, <laughs> so the ites I've never heard this one. Um, it's a, a food coma. Yeah, you, you got the ites. I've never heard the itis. The itis. Sorry. Okay. The itis. That, yeah. That, that that's what happens when you eat ribs. Okay. And you get sleepy. <laughs> Why is that, that racist? Because because it's it's extra potent when uh, <laughs> it happens to African Americans. And, oh. and because they chopped off the N-word right. in the front of the word itis. Right. Oh. Yes. Yes. I never so, knew that part. Itis is bad. Yes. Uppity. <laughs> uppity is number two. That one's bad as well. What? Oh. Uppity. I, I, I hear you. Yeah. I just don't know why that's racist in any way. <laughs> During segregation, Southerners used that word to describe blacks who didn't know their socioeconomic place. Oh, well, they used a lot of words during slavery. That doesn't mean we can't use any of the words that they used. <laughs> <laughs> Someone being uppity can be uh, That doesn't mean that uh, That's necessarily referring to slaves <laughs> Peanut gallery Because the peanut gallery oh, my. Is a yeah. section in the theater the, the cheapest and the worst seats Where many black people sat during the aura of vaudeville <laughs> Jip? To jip somebody? Well that's yeah. obvious <laughs> <laughs> Paddy wagon Wait that's I, It was not obvious I didn't oh. know that was a bad thing jip. I won't say it anymore jip. What, jip? I'm lying I'll probably say it but <laughs> Gypsy. It's uh, yeah, gypsy. Shortened version. Oh, gypsy. I didn't know that. That's what that was short for. Yep. Paddy wagon I didn't know you makes couldn't sense. Be racist against Man, gypsies. I could plead ignorance <laughs> oh, yeah. before. No, what are you doing? <laughs> Pat. Yeah, I was. I, this. Some of these are deep. Like I used to have ones when I was younger that are clearly racist, but I was too young to realize they were racist. Like my family used to always talk about Jewing people down, mm. and I was like, sure, whatever. That's of course you're trying to save money. I understand. And then I was an adult, and I was like, oh my god. <laughs> I am shocked when I hear that, like, when people say that to me. I'm like, wow, damn, you're like... <laughs> you are missing the mark 35 here. years old and Jewing people down is a thing you're still saying? Uh, Paddy Wagon was next because it's uh, sure. Irish. Yeah. Mm, right. Bugger. It's accusing people of being a Bulgarian sodomite, evidently. I didn't know that one. Well, I, I think that's pretty literal, I guess. Yeah. I didn't know it was Bulgarian. <laughs> yeah. How, when did it become specific to Bulgarian? <laughs> I don't know. I know. <laughs> yeah, that's, I'm, I'm going to call shenanigans on that one. I have a lot of shenanigans on this page. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I call shenanigans on Paddy Wagon for the same reason I said about jipping people out of things. I was like, Wait a minute, wait a minute. Is shenanigans on this list? No. <laughs> <laughs> Hooligan is on the list. What? Oh, it's Irish. No. Uh, Hooligan Nights is a, was an old song of a rowdy Irish family, so that's where it came from. Uh, I think you're allowed to be racist against Irish people. <laughs> I um, think they enjoy it. <laughs> Eskimo yeah. Eskimo is a Danish word borrowed from Algonquin, which literally means eaters of raw meat. It is they consider it uh, 
insulting. Okay. Um, Soul Done the River. We did that one already. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. No, I'm sorry. This is going too far. Well, yeah. eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Catch a tiger you're getting in- by the toe. It, t- it didn't used to be tiger. I learned that well, from uh, Reservoir Dogs. Uh, right, exactly. <laughs> that doesn't mean you can't use any meeny, miny, mo. Just because sure. somebody somewhere used something in a racist way doesn't mean you can't use it in a non-racist way ever again. That's right. just, it's going too far. That's the, that's the, so. I- Politically correct knights going too far. Sure. I disagree. Yeah. What I think if you pull it out of its original context too, that that's what I've been told is safe. Like like you can still enjoy the song Zippity Doodah. You just can't acknowledge the fact that it was in the movie Song of the South or that Disney ever put out a movie called Song of the South. Right, mm, right, sure. exactly. I, uh, I I don't think we can go as far as they did in uh, uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back and say, uh, Porch Monkey, I'm taking it back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking it back. We're getting all our movies screwed up. By the way, that was Clerks 2, and the one I was Clerks talking oh, about was, was Pulp Fiction. <laughs> Not Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> oh, it was Pulp Fiction. Yeah. I'm there on both those scenes now. <laughs> all right. Sad well, times. Let's end the show. Okay. <laughs> all right. I think that's all we've got for this week. Uh, if you enjoy the podcast, please support it by sharing it on so- on your social media. Uh, you could also leave a review on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play. Uh, if you want to contact us, again, facebook.com slash profanearg or tweet at profanearg. Also, check out other podcasts, which you can find on soon to be named network.com. A bunch of different podcasts for anything you're looking for. I want to thank everyone for listening. And until next time, I am Ray. I'm Karen. I'm Jared. This is Ian. Thank you. Good night. And may your God go with you.